Hi everyone, welcome back to our channel, Everything Product. In this channel, we primarily focus about various insights on the latest technologies with a product mindset. This is Fani Buyuru. I'm a product manager at Intuit. This is Sid Saladi. I'm a product manager at Best Buy. Awesome. Sidhu, we have an interesting topic today. We want to talk about Ethereum 2.0 and how as a product manager, we want to learn about the overall roadmap and implement in our own products. Let me start with a very simple question. In your uh, mind, what is Ethereum 2.0 and why do you think this even started? Sure, yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, it's the whole crypto community has been very enthusiastic about all the merge and right, like there's a lot of uh, noise around it. So, um, so Ethereum as a network, as a blockchain, even though the technology is disruptive, it has a lot of drawbacks and, um, uh, you know, Ethereum 2.0 is basically trying to, uh, um, you know, uh, have a set of features, which basically are split it into five different features, uh, five different stages. And each stage would basically um, incorporate some of these features and make the chain much better and better. So as the chain gets better, there would be more the, uh, decentralized applications, more use cases, and also uh, the existing applications would scale much better. So that's the whole idea behind this. And there has been a lot of competition which um, Ethereum was uh, facing before with similar smart contract chains, but with better technology, right? So Ethereum is basically trying to do this by a catch-up game where Ethereum is trying to uh, get through these different phases, which are the merge, the search, the verge, the plurge, and the splurge. Okay, funny. So we talked about the different stages of um, um, uh, the the overall merge, right? Like what are the different stages and uh, what what are the named and all. So does this remind you of anything? Yep, I, I can totally talk about a lot of this. So as a product manager, right? What are we trying to do? As a product manager, when we think of a new platform or a product, we are trying to build a strategic vision for our product. We are also trying to build a strategy and give a roadmap to our team so that they'll be excited about what we are trying to do. And that's what exactly is happening here. So as a product manager or as a uh, CEO of the company, Vitalik is giving a huge roadmap or that strategic vision to say, hey, we started Ethereum at this place and obviously it needs to grow. In order for us to grow, these are all the different things that we want to do over a period of 10 years or maybe more where our Ethereum as a blockchain can scale up and can handle like millions and millions of transactions probably within seconds. Yep. Yeah. And and I think you bring up a very, very important um, uh, point here, right? Like as product managers, uh, you're actually trying to solve a problem, but if you don't have the vision in mind and build a strategy to reach that vision, which basically gets you to the roadmap piece of things, uh, it will fall apart, right? So you have seen, and I've, I've seen it many times in with 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 many teams. Unless until you have that strategy in mind and also a path on how you're going to reach that, it's it's not going to stay. And I think this is what Vitalik's trying to do, right? He's basically calm calm down all the people who are um, criticizing ethereum and uh, you know showing them uh, prove that the future and the vision would be somewhere 
in the moon right <laughs> and you have a very vibrant vision so yeah let's all be part of the whole um, uh, journey here and you know this is how we are going to do it and these are the different stages of it yep i want to add one last thing there right so as a product manager for a product what is the first thing that you would keep in mind metrics so like as a product you started somewhere and how is it growing or how is it continuing to sustain so one metric that you could see here or one uh, aspect that you could look at is the customer retention so let's think of facebook as a product right when it started it started with like certain customers but at a point it has a good amount of customers where it doesn't want to lose be it instagram be it snapchat there are like a lot of other startups which are trying trying to come and take the market share and ethereum is at a state where it has millions of customers and billions of transactions that are happening at the moment and all the other uh, smaller startups right now in the crypto market like let's say solana or cardano are trying to take their market share so they are trying to keep their current customers or the market share going by giving a huge roadmap to say dude we'll be there in certain point so don't go away or don't think of ethereum as something that's old but rather an evolving platform yeah so that's also an interesting thought so if uh, let's let's also maybe see right if if i was a product manager for ethereum what would i pick as my north star metric what are the different metrics which we can measure let's let's maybe look at that and then let's pick let's let's then pick up pick a north star metric for that so i'd say number of transactions for sure is something we can measure right like the more transactions more utility and you know how is it going week over week month over month year over year and all of that stuff that could be one metric and maybe the number of apps applications that are being developed could be mm-hmm. a metric uh number of users in an ecosystem could also be a metric so um, uh, yeah these are the ones which i can think of what do you, what do you think i love that thought so i i'll actually put this into a two way marketplace okay so going back to like our initial way of thinking right who are the two players here one is the developers and the other one is users okay uh, all the things that you uh, talked about from a user standpoint is 100% like i'm going to look at those the other thing that we need to continue to maintain especially this being a decentralized platform is the developers if the developer community is not vibrant you're not going to get new things or you're, you're not going to get uh new enhancements to the platform especially this being a decentralized i'm going to like stress on that right if a google uh, play store uh, take google play store right people are getting money by creating their own applications the same thing is happening here uh people are going to make money people are going to uh, continue to grow as they grow applications here and uh, that's what uh, ethereum has to look at as well the number of developers or number of uh, code mergers that are happening or number of um what is active applications that are being built or enhanced right that's that's the two way marketplace they have to look at yep that's right so uh, yeah so that brings in like another variable right like when we look at the two way marketplace we have to maintain both of these players in the whole marketplace so i'd say maybe let's say the n- number of transactions would be uh, the north star metric but i'm i'm assuming that there could be also a secondary metric where we could say 
the number of applications which are built, right? Because there could be just one application with uh, millions of transactions, but you know, we want to make sure there are there are enough players in the game and also there are enough transactions uh, that are happening. So that will be on the uh, user's point of view, uh, the network point of view, but from the developer's point of view, maybe the number of developers or code mergers or something that could be some metric which we can look at, right? Yeah, I, I, I am on this on the same page, like probably monthly active users in terms of like number of developers who are monthly active users for uh, Ethereum. But on the user side, I agree. Uh, number of users could be on metric, but the not that not star, I think, is the number of transactions. Yeah. And also, I was just looking at uh, Ethereum's vision. Looks like it's Ethereum's vision is, is to be more scalable, secure and remain decentralized. So yeah, some I'm, uh, that's also another thing to make sure we keep these things in our uh, mind while we do the metrics, right? So even though there are billions of transactions, it should be much scalable. So something uh, which measures scalability could be a metric, which is basically tying back to the vision. And that's interesting when we could go talk hours <laughs> uh, and hours together on metrics and all of that stuff. But yeah, let's let's maybe. Uh, quickly move on to what the phases are and let's let's discuss about these phases now. Yep, absolutely. I can start with the first one. Um, the first one is the merge, right? Which recently happened. Um, in a very simple terms, uh, uh, Ethereum started as a proof of work, which basically means thousands of developers can uh, fight to uh, find one code, which basically helps them like create that new block and validate the transactions. It's not scalable given that thousand or like thousands or like hundreds of thousands have to fight for one block, but rather it will move to like proof of stake, which basically means one specific developer or one specific pool is chosen and they'll continue to build that block and validate the transactions, which helps in like energy consumption, which would reduce what 19% or more than 99% of the energy consumption that's currently there with the proof of work. Yeah, that's right. Um, so then the next phase is uh, sharding, right? Which is actually before we go in, go to the next phase, right? What do you think as a product manager we can learn from this phase? This phase, right? Uh, yeah. So one thing which I can think of is efficiency, right? So uh, doing things just for the fact of doing things might not be right for the product, but uh, I'm assuming you know. There's all, always right. One problem could have multiple different solutions. I think that's mm -hmm. where a product manager comes in to say, okay, this is the solution which is best suited uh, for the business goals and also ties back to the, uh, the mission or vision of the company. So I think that's where I look at where you could do a certain solve a certain set of problem in multiple different ways. The first problem was proof of work, and the better version of it was proof of stake. Yeah, totally agree. So uh, maybe I can give this as an example. This is my thought. So let's take Uber as an example. Uh, let's say, let's think of the situation where Uber has built an app first that will be useful for the drivers. I'm going to take two different examples here, right? Drivers, I'm comparing it to developers and the actual ride takers are compared to the users of the Ethereum. When they started, the drivers are using a certain app, but the drivers are facing a lot of issue because there are like 10 drivers who have to compete for one ride. And if you don't keep the developer community happy or the drivers happy, they're going to lose your platform. So that could be one of the pay biggest pain points that they would have seen to say, dude, our developers are struggling. 
because they're trying to fight for one right here or one block here. So make, in order for them to make them happy and in order for us to like keep the monthly active users for our developers here, I'm going to solve this as the very first column. Yeah, man, that's a really, yeah, really good analogy. So this is basically we are trying to solve that problem through dividing them into different pools and all of that, so that people are not fighting for the same customer, right? So, uh, so imagine like thousand drivers fighting for one customer. The first one who clicks it gets it. <laughs> Would be like you know these people playing a game on on their phone, right? That's right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah. So then let's let's move on to the next phase here, which is uh, sharding. So uh, I think um, this again ties back to the vision of what Ethereum is trying to do: scalability. So at this point, um, Ethereum, I think, can handle just twenty transactions per second. So that's very low when you compare to traditional players like Visa, PayPal. So Visa does like twenty-four thousand transactions. PayPal does 200 transactions and Ripple does like 1500 transactions. So it's very small, right? So the way which uh, Ethereum is trying to overcome that is they're sharding, they're basically adopting a sharding mechanism where imagine you have a database with 100 different names mapped to 100 different addresses. Each node has to validate all of this and add the transaction which happens. But now you're actually sharding that and dividing it into 10. So each node basically just validates 10 and then again, they come back saying, acknowledging that all of this is done and they merge it to the main uh, chain. So that that is the biggest benefit and uh, it's exponential gain in the number of the transactions that happen per second, right? So it's basically increasing that to 100,000. So there's less number of players who are fighting for validating transactions, the gas fees is lower, and there are more transactions that each app could uh, basically get through. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I have I have a very uh, interesting example here, Sidhu. I'm still thinking through. So let's think of a spreadsheet, okay? Let's say when we were in college, we used to use MS Excel. Like, let's say four of us working on, an, on a project. All of us has to, let's say, update on the same spreadsheet. Okay, what you will do? You will probably update it first, send me an email, then I'll take that, update it more, and then we'll probably send it to Srinath, and then Srinath has to update it. So we are stuck on each other because we are dependent on one single blockchain or one single spreadsheet here. But now let's uh, enter Google Sheets. So Google Sheets gives us a mechanism where everyone can come at the same place and continue to update in the same sheet but what it will keep doing parallelly is it'll keep much. So what does Google Sheets have? It has a database at the back end. As in when we update, it's continuing to like push into that and push it uh, at the same time to all of us. I think that's what they're trying to do here as well, uh, where everyone can continue to do the same thing, but it is on single individual chains. Everyone can update on the chain and it will automatically keep updating it to the uh, bigger blockchain. Blockchain, yeah, that's right. So that's when uh, other players need not wait till this basically be uh, node solves for this. This all the different nodes spread it amongst themselves, they solve it, and then you know that keeps going on. So, yeah, yeah. That's, that's an interesting way to solve this. Coming back to our uh, principle of like what does as a product managers, what are we learning, right? So, the very first step, what I think Ethereum took is to help their developers or the drivers in scaling or like getting their rights faster and not competing among themselves. I think the second step is actually focused on users. 
and the, like well, like you talked about the north star metric is to have the number of transactions and in order for them to hit the metric this is this is one of the primary things they'll have to do and uh, i think as a product manager th- keeping that both the hat right making your uh, developers happy making your users happy i think that's what this is trying to do here what do you think yeah that's right and uh, it's it's always a, a chicken and egg problem right where you <laughs> try to balance both of these worlds but uh, i think doing it in that specific way will basically uh, enhance the whole network let's say yeah and also it was, was thinking about a couple of different things right like where uh, different apps of social apps that could be built on ethereum and i was going through some of these numbers here and interesting numbers are um uh you know when you look at gmail or some of these mail apps there are like 3.4 million transactions that are going on so whatsapp it's 7 700000 google searches are 60 68000 tweets are you know 6000 something so when we look at these apps maybe existing in ethereum uh you know imagine the amount of scale ethereum has to reach to support these kind of these level of transactions now it's just 100000 per second when there is millions of transactions for just one app imagine there being hundreds of app in this network and you know the the whole uh, network being supported and also all of these mer- nodes merging all of these things so people might people think ethereum is a game changer and you know it's it's a disruptive technology i i i say you know I, i agree with that but there's like miles and miles to go you know there's 10 10 15 years down the, down the line which the network keeps scaling and increases and there are more and more use cases that come in yeah 100% i want to add one last thing on this point right think of uh, as a product manager how do we continue to like improve our product i think this is a great example because they know that they are uh, they are not scaling they have 20 transactions per second it's not scalable but they are making sure to build a platform to say hey i am good right now with that current traffic that is happening i can still maintain uh, i'll i'll give you an interesting analogy right uh, let's say you buy a product off the shelf to make sure your company continues to run so right now what they are trying to do is probably they are trying to use these additional chains to do some of these transactions and what they are doing is they are continue to ma- make sure their roadmap is good so that down the line they don't have to rely on other things where they can maintain everything on their own yeah yeah also another thing which i was thinking as you are talking so there are i think the number of the percentage of applications on um, ethereum now are more of defi so for defi you know uh, you know the number of transactions might not be that high Hundred thousand may be enough, right? But maybe when you look at social apps and all, you need really, really big number of transactions. So maybe you know that's also a prioritization game where when you're a product manager, you're going to see, okay, this is what the customer base is, and this is the biggest value what we can bring up with. And there's like scalability, and there's also security that they that is tied back to their vision, right? So. maybe they are doing a little bit of scalability but they want to do more security because their target customers are more defi apps and security maybe there could be a different place where social apps might live in a different network altogether but i i think these all met, uh, things also go into play when they're deciding what to build you know what to scale and all of that right you know i love that thought process because you are basically telling that as you grow 
you might have different cohort of customers so you need to make sure your current cohort of customers are happy while you continue to acquire the new customers and as you continue to acquire more there might be complicated use cases that you will try to solve with your platform yeah that's right nice. so awesome. also i'll bring up another other thing right so this is this is also something which i read so there's a, a newsletter by lenny so that's he actually does a lot of product management stuff and tech stuff so he talks about the chicken and egg problem for two way marketplaces so imagine uber right so if you are building something from scratch you don't have customers and you don't have uh, drivers right like all of that same example you gave but how do you build something that big as uber you start at a very small place maybe a university town where you just cater to all of the users in that area then you make them happy once they are happy then you start scaling up that's what it is kind of connecting that dots there yeah i love that analogy awesome okay. you want to move to the next stage yeah let's move on to the next stage um, and i kind of forget what the next <laughs> stage is i can i can start okay. so the next stage is basically words right um, at a very high level what i understand from that is currently uh, the developers uh, have to store a lot of data in their nodes right now but down the line it's not scalable so what they plan to do is reduce the amount of uh, transactions that you need to store on your node so that it's much more easier for a uh, uh, for the developers what what are your thoughts on that yeah that's right so um uh, storing all the data um and also uh, validating with that large amount of data would delay the process again so now this is basically creating feature that be- enables more and more validators to come uh, validate more transactions so more transactions they validate the more money they get so that's basically incentivizing more validators to come in and validate more transactions in that so that's taking care of other piece of the marketplace yep yeah again going back to the uh, our comparison right developers is one of the important cohort and they are trying to make them happy because as they continue to grow if they if they know that they can make more money by doing less work that's going to be more attractive for them so that's that's also a good roadmap to keep your current drivers or the keep your current developers to continue to stay in the platform so should we also think of people who maintain the network as another uh, a three way marketplace so there are users developers are one part of it who are building apps there's validators at one part yeah no. i love that thought yeah no i love that thought because now what's happening is uh developers i mean we can take that definitely because developers could be someone who is actually uh building applications and then you might have someone who is actually validating the transactions or there is a third party where you might be hosting a node but not doing anything else that's a that's a great thought actually because you might want to make sure all the others are happy to keep the nodes because if they have to maintain the node they might have to spend a lot of money to stay in the network but this is also a bigger pain point after a certain point of time because you have like millions of transactions probably so reducing that might make that cohort of customers or cohort of your network happy to continue to stay with your platform yeah that's an excellent thought 
<laughs> I, I think the more we dig, <laughs> we get more and more use cases here. Yeah, let's let's also move on to the next one now. Uh, the next one is purge, I guess. So the purge is more about um, uh, setting a, a time where uh, the whole network purges a certain set of historical data. So I think that's what I how I look at it. Where you're saying, okay, once every year at this time we'll say, okay, all the historic data historical data is something where we are okay. We don't worry about it. Let's push that and make it much more leaner and you know more efficient as a network. Yep. Yeah. Let me ask this question. Right. Uh, do you remember one of the first uh, social networks that you used? Is yeah. Arcrit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to go back and see all of those? Uh, what are those called uh, at that time uh, when you send a message it was scraps scraps i guess <laughs> yeah, yeah i remember the days when i used to compete with friends or you know cousins that okay i have this number of scraps where we you know we used to send just highs or dots just to increase them <laughs> but yeah I, 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 you know three or four years back google was like shutting it down and send everybody email saying that do you want to download data and all i think we don't care about it anymore yeah yeah exactly and i i take one more example right farmble i don't know i have no idea why we are so interested in that when uh, facebook launched it but now if i think about that we don't care about any of that and that's what purge is trying to do like all we care is probably the last one year of transactions or last one year of what we did and that's what they want to keep and all of the other data they don't want to throw it obviously few of the big players will continue to host that history but all of the other ones they don't have to carry that history rather uh, just have the last one year of data and they'll continue to post that so that's that that being um, some players would have the complete history and all the other players would basically have a subset of it and you know they'll be basically feeding on that if there's a necessity that they have to get to yeah who do you think is the customer for this one like when we are we were going back to our customers right like we are thinking about developers and we are also thinking about uh, hosters maybe for their uh, for keeping the notes and stuff and the third one is actual users who do you think is the uh, customer that is being benefited by this so the uh, yeah so that's basically storing less data right so the less data you store the less uh, time it takes for the transaction so it's basically validators i'd say yeah that's true i i'm also on the same page i think it also helps in terms of uh helps in terms of the uh, energy or the amount that you are spending right the very first step that they did with the merge they're re- reducing the energy consumption to like let's say 1% but think of that 1% 15 years down the line that 1% still could be a crazy amount of energy that we are con- uh, consuming in order to like store the data maybe that's what they're trying to do here where they purge that so that you don't have to like uh have like crazy amount of like uh, storage systems that need to host of this at like thousands of places yeah that's right so so that's we have discussed about four stages right the first one was merge merge was basically just moving proof of work to proof of stake then we were talking about uh, the phase where it, which is search which is more of scalability 20 transactions per second to 100000 transactions then we talk about the word which is eliminating the extra uh, storage which you know validators have to do then we talked about the purge which uh, is basically uh, dumping all the historical data and just having the data which is 
enough. So these are all the fourth stages. Now the the last stage splurge. So what is it? I'll I'll start with the product analogy here, right? So Sindhu, what is your roadmap three years down the line? For the three? way I <laughs> no in general, right? Like let's think of our product. So I'll I'll give you an example. If someone comes and asks me, hey, what is my roadmap two years down the line? What I'll basically tell is, hey, for the next one year or one and a half year, I have a concrete roadmap of this is what are the things that I want to do. But beyond that, anything that I learn from here, I'm going to put it in that two-year uh, uh, two roadmap uh, where I'm going to probably do all of those things. I think that's what uh, they're trying to do here as well. Like the four stages are concrete. They're telling exactly what they want to do. But beyond that, there is a lot of additional things that can be done. So I think that's what they did for the stage five of splurge where it's like they dumped a lot of things there to say, okay, we might be doing a lot of these things, but uh, it's it's still down the line. I think that's what they're trying to do. Yeah, I think it was it was vague intentionally. So even look for, for your question of if anybody asks me what's two years down the line, I can tell them this is what the vision is. This is what uh, the themes would be, but I, w- I cannot tell them this is the feature which is going to come out in 2023 December because I think customer preferences change. Uh, roadmaps are more like guardrails where we want to go to, but not set dates of what you want to do. I, I have clarity of what the next quarter is or the next the quarter after it, but everything changes as we learn more from the customers, as we do discovery, as, as we do more experimentation. Yep. Love that thought. I'm also on the same page. Cool. This is a great discussion, Sidhu. I'm going to ask you this, right? If you want our viewers to take two things from this video. What do you think those two would be? So I would, uh, the first thing from Ethereum point of view, I, I'll, I'll uh, you know, talk about Ethereum point of view and also product manager point of view, right? The Ethereum point of view is, yeah, the network is basically getting better and better, more secure and more scalable. So that's what I would say. Uh, so I would say this basically enhances uh, the network and uh, kind of eliminates all the competition which it had before. So that was one point from the product manager's um, uh, mindset, right? Even though they're doing a lot of different things, you, it seems like they're doing a lot of different things, a lot of different improvements and all of that stuff. When you look at their mission, right? Uh, the vision, which is scalable, secure. So all of these points tie back to that. So it's also very important as a product manager to keep the long-term view in mind and keep that lens in mind and build things from that lens. Otherwise, you know, if you are just building features and you're a feature factory, there could be multiple ways which you can go and which basically doesn't lead to the end goal which you want to reach to. So these are the two takeaways from my side. Awesome. Uh, Let me give my thoughts as well. So I'll start from a product point of view, right? Uh, The way I look at this is you might have built a scrappy product to gain customers. And that's what Ethereum did. And now they have built a strategic vision to keep those customers within the product and continue to sustain the platform. That's a great thought for like product managers, right? You can't wait to for the product to be great. You can release a scrappy product and gain the customers and continue to make improvements and continue to keep the customers and make them happy. That's one of the biggest things that I could take away from this. And from an Ethereum standpoint as well, uh, I like the way they started the blockchain, right? Whatever they know at that point, they started it, but they published a roadmap. And what they made sure to do is they made sure the developers are happy with what is going on right now. And they're continuing to plan to make the developers happy so that the platform can sustain. So even though there is a crazy amount of competition with other blockchains, 
I think with the strategic vision, like at the end of the day, if people are happy, your platform is going to continue to stay. And I think that's that's exactly what Ethereum is trying to do here. Okay, man. Yeah, it was a good, really good discussion. I think glad that we brought in a lot of product concepts and tied them back to crypto. And it's been going on really good. So, yeah. Awesome. Love the conversation, Sidhu. And for everyone who is viewing our video, if you like this, please uh, comment, like, and share with your friends. And uh, we'll see you guys in the next video. Thank you.